Hey everybody, you're listening to another episode of Real Rap um, with two guests here. No, Jason. no, Shane. <laughs> no. Split to Media and the Synesthesia Podcast present a special daily October podcast. Help, 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 help. to the king, 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 Um, if, uh, if getting on spin.com is like the key to success, it's pretty strange because I'm looking at the front page and it has how Jimmy Eat World was inspired by Rage Against the Machine and Van Halen, and then how Tom DeLonge is partnering with the U.S. Army to study alien alloys. So Shane, I know that you are uh, a younger man. This happened a long time ago when spin was a thing called a magazine. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's been is that like um that's been dot com, Shane. Is that like uh Adbusters? <laughs> Nadbusters? <laughs> that's what I'm about to do all night. Yeah. I'm glad Shane's here because finally somebody will laugh at my absolutely terrible jokes about <laughs> genitalia. It's true. I always no, make them and Jim just, just when frowns you make... and shakes his head at me. <laughs> if you made more jokes about nads, I'd laugh. It's just when you make really graphic butthole invasion references. <laughs> well, like, Jim, I, uh, some episode recently I said a thing about nougat, and Jason was like, yeah, rub it in your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we recently on... Uh, it's too grimy. It's too uh, grimy. On our, on our I podcast. I do it if you're into it. I'm not against it. You know? <laughs> and my mind wanders joked, where it wanders. Uh, Wait, Shane, you have a podcast? Yeah, I have a podcast called, um, it's called, um... Riled Rap Wops. It's called Riled Up, and it's with <laughs> my boy. And, um, we made too many jokes about the devil's asshole being what Lauren Conrad's asshole probably looks like, that it's not as, like, nasty as you think, and <laughs> Brett was like, yeah, you gotta cut it. <laughs> he made you trim your devil's asshole references? Yeah, he I made mean, you trim yeah, the devil's trim asshole. A lot of it. <laughs> Damn my yeah, this I'm gonna get in trouble. Was that just for like worries of slander? Um, they worry that Warren Conrad would be mad that you made insinuations uh, about his butt. No, it's 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 my general nastiness and my general obsession with the uh, human asshole that I think worries um, the split two team. Well, you know, it, they knew who they were that, getting into bed with. I feel like my yeah. general nastiness could be the name of your auto bio. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of of which, I the only Stephen King book I've ever read was was his memoir. It's a good book, and yeah, I like that book. It is. He's got a lot of hard and fast rules about writing for a guy who's not the best writer. Is that true? He's like, you have to do, you have to use all the twenty six like, letters. Uh, don't <laughs> don't repeat a letter until you've used the other twenty five. Well, he, his rules are all he, about like. 
normal storytelling and like you should have one space per ten characters punchy prose and it gets to like because yeah. mm-hmm. Harold Bloom always had a who you know rest in whatever I don't know he just died the other day and he was a real <laughs> son of a bitch but <laughs> um, oh damn rip but he always had a real stick up his butt about King's prose where people because you know people like to try to be popular in academia and so there's a lot of arguments about like Stephen King is this generation's Charles mm-hmm. Dickens like that's how he'll be remembered and Bloom would be like on a sentence to sentence and word to word basis he's just not a writer <laughs> like, so he might have plots <laughs> but his language doesn't do anything other than just yeah. give you the plot <laughs> like that's not writing that's just <laughs> typing yeah um, which I don't fully agree with, but that's I... A, yeah, that's a pretty harsh I like critique of the idea of 50% writing. agree with the core <laughs> concept of it, which is sure. that, um, you know, the if, if you're going to be, like, the next level and actually be, like, an artist as a writer, then your sentences do have to do something. Just like in a film, your shots have to do something. They can't just give you the plot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if all you do is put a camera down and then, like, the things that happen in the story happen, you're not really making a movie. Well, unless you put that camera down in the best place. Right, but you have to know where that place is. Yeah. And you can tell when people are just putting it down. Yeah. And that was sort of Harold Bloom's point, was that, like, he's just putting it down. And I don't actually agree. Right. I think King has more going on than Bloom thought, but he also has less going on than people who think he's Charles Dickens. And so all of his rules in his book are like, make yeah, sure you don't Charles use Dickens too many also adverbs. Just putting the words down? Isn't Charles Dickens like, I have to use the most words in the story on account of two cents? No, that's the thing that always gets said about Dickens, but it's not actually true. Right. Yeah. Well, I've definitely read his stuff, and it is very wordy. It is very wordy, but also so and is everything, then? Yeah. Okay. Like, I was reading... Seems like a pain in the ass. I was reading Middlemarch the other day, and George Eliot has an aside where she starts talking about um, Fielding's novels, and how much uh-huh. she loves... Like, she's, this is in the novel, she's just started to talk about some other novelist at, in, like, an authorial voice. Uh, and she talks about, like, oh, we love his histories, but they're far too long for our hurried modern age. And then I'm looking at her book, and her book is, like, 600 pages. Yeah. So, like, it's, <laughs> it's just always that kind of thing. It's like, everybody's just condensing down from there. You know, we've gotten to the point uh-huh. where, like, Stephen King writes longer books than Charles Dickens. Sure. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know... I don't know what to do with that information. I'm going to go pee-pee out my pee-hole, and then I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a cheap date, Jim. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> Jim doesn't really want to do this with me anymore. <laughs> no, I love doing it. Oh, my God. I've been thinking about it, and I'm like, what a, f- what a fucking grave you've dug oh, to do this. Absolutely. No, it is... Doing a podcast every day is a nightmare. Do your note? Are you, do your notes look like mine and that they're just like gypsy caravan question mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are. I look at it and I'm like, uh-huh. what does this note mean? It just says like it says lumpy fingers. I don't know what that's in reference to. <laughs> I have one that says homoerotic locker room belly rubbing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's real. That one's that's just about high school. <laughs> that was right. just a memory. Yeah, <laughs> that was a flashback you had while watching it. What is he laughing at? You can't even hear us. <laughs> Did you guys hear that sweet crunch of my head against the shelf? <laughs> oh, was that what that was? <laughs> I like, leaned over to sit down too far. If if I were a doctor, I would look at both of your eyeballs and be like, I 
that that's an unhealthy person. So are oh, both of yeah. one of our eyeballs or all four of both of our eyeballs? All four, the collective four eyeballs. All two of fourth of our eyeballs. They're all red. Four fourths. <laughs> Sorry, and what kind of doctor would you be, Shane? Are you an... Op- I'd be the type of doctor that comes by your bedside no matter what time of day. <laughs> so an asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so kind of gives you the lowdown. Uh-huh. I'd, I'd go to your... Uh, I'd have, I'd check, I'd, um, let me pick my words here. <laughs> I'd evaluate your wife and then ca- call you behind her back and tell you about how she's doing. Oh, that's Wait, an she's not, to know. But she's not your patient? She You're considers just evaluating her in the lobby or? Could I pay you, <laughs> could I pay you if I like saw a guy in a coffee shop? Could I pay you to follow him home and evaluate him and get back to me? But let's talk about the movie. No, I've, I refuse. Actually, yeah, I've completely forgotten it. Oh, you've forgotten <laughs> what we watched? Who's we we watched <laughs> thinner, thinner. Um, thinner. Can I just jump right to my favorite part of this movie, which is me at home imagining that gypsy man going up to that other to the other guy and going lizard ear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, so this wasn't a made-for-TV movie. It was not, but it the, feels once the explosions like it. happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's kind of high for a TV movie." Yeah, I feel like yeah, that's the brutal. only reason so, they put the explosions in. Actually, was, was so that people to would make be you like, know "Oh, this feels movie. like to a movie." Satisfy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I mean, the whole, whole scene mafia I actually thing. Was not into like the the dream sequence yeah. with all of the explosions. I was like, "Wow, this sucks." I want to go back to the the weird seedy yeah. mafia story um so uh robert john burke is a big fat fatty fatso uh bo- obese rich lawyer yeah cartoonishly fat yeah he seems like he's not a fat guy but a drawing of a fat guy yeah they put him All in a, his they put him in a comedy around. fat suit they put him in a fat suit that yeah. would be at home in an eddie murphy film yes <laughs> from the 90s not like an earlier one also most of this film at least to begin with plays out like a comedy yeah well it is i feel like we're, <laughs> yeah. we're at this point in a solid era of all of these stephen king movies being uh being sort of horror comedies with a humanistic element to them right that's kind of where we are in this run i know you're gonna lecture me about misery but i'm not including that this is the post i the post wasn't even gonna circle. mention it <laughs> um what i was gonna say is that wikipedia wikipedia says that this is an american body horror film no, that's, <laughs> Which is, that's an incorrect read. That's a lie. They don't. They barely even show his body. There's no body for, in so. the film. There's that one shot of the of the judge in a dream when he is a lizard man. That is a little horrifying. When he's driving the car, yeah, he's like, "Get the fuck in here! My face is falling off." Yeah, it's the best. That was the coolest scene. When yeah. his face is like, the makeup is changing so frequently yeah. within that one scene. Because it is genuinely just, just falling off his face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that was the dream sequence that annoyed me. Because yeah. I yeah. I thought, that, so what I thought actually was that the the film was making a bold choice in having the having scene the gypsy guy actually, appear in multiple. actually yeah, play out too. that way. 
Me too. Mm-hmm. I was a little mad when he woke up because as it happens, because they ramp it up, right? It's like he gets in the car with that guy, and then the gypsy guy is suddenly in a vehicle that he couldn't have gotten into. Right. Well, that's, like, when, I, that's right. when I knew it was yeah. crazy. And then he's in a second vehicle, and that's when I knew it was a dream because I'm more willing to follow paths than you are. <laughs> um, but but I was really disappointed because if they just let him be a magical gypsy man, which thanks Stephen King, he just really leans on any path that's available to him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Because at first I thought he was fetishizing Native Americans like a Mormon does, but I don't think he is. I uh-huh. think he just latches onto them because it's easy. Yeah, it's what's there. It's but we, and we, just, if you want the gypsies are the same way in this. If you want to do the the generous version of it, like you could say it's because it's what's there, but you can also say it's like, or I'm, and I guess that's actually what you are saying. It's that it's the tradition that he's working in. Like he, all of his books are just reworking yeah. themes and uh, and and plots from older stories like, and, and yeah, that's, with, with yeah. no re-examination at all no 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 it, it's just a it's a we've talked about this before where like the plots of his books are just excuses for him to then get to the work that it feels like he's supposed to do which yeah. is craft characters to that then experience these things yeah so I mean that's I mean that's what he's doing he's just running back through these you know different different versions of of basic fantasy and horror stories yeah but uh, you don't have to have an indian bear on the ground and a magical negro in the shining and the same thing and not do that yeah i'm saying that was the generous uh, version it's not necessarily yeah. the true version sure i like uh in the beginning our big fat obese lawyer go is at his his uh bedroom window and sees just a huge caravan drive by he goes gypsy caravan huh <laughs> Just walks down oh, to breakfast. Like that's just a thing that happens sometimes. Yeah. He's like the uh, he's like the more liberal of the like uh, of, uptight of the white people yeah. Yeah, yeah. of the yeah. white men from yeah, town. Everyone else is so mad, and when they're busy yelling, gypsies yelling across the street at them, he's like, well, I think they're kind of fun." Yeah, <laughs> they got charm. Yeah. So and this then, is uh, this is a movie about uh, 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 as you said, John Robert John Burke, John Cole, who. Is I don't, I don't know how you guys felt about his performance in this movie. I think he, in general, is a really awesome actor. Sure. Um, I thought he was pretty cool. I don't know him in general, but I think he does what he's supposed to do in this movie. Yeah. Like, I, well, I also, I think he has, like, a, a, a manic darkness to him that he doesn't get mm-hmm. to show that often in what is the bulk of his work these days, which is mm. being mm. a, like, kind of mean cop on TV. Uh, okay. Um... So I, I hadn't gotten to see the. I've always I always like him when he shows up because he's gravelly voiced and he's convincingly evil and dangerous. And sure. you're like, yeah, okay. If I was in a room with you, I would be afraid of you. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But in this, he just kind of he got to have a little bit of a like a gleam behind his eye and yeah. kind of a like like show his teeth a little bit and a smirk. And I was really excited by that. Well, he also legitimately eighty percent of his body is covered in makeup the whole movie. Yeah. So all he has to act with is his teeth and his eyeballs. Yeah. And he makes the it's most like, bewildered faces and the most angry faces. Yes. He just he, yeah. he has a very pieces. strong face game all through this movie. Yeah. 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 See, uh, seeing him act in the face fat suit is so good to me. Yeah. So f- it just feels so right yeah. seeing him like all scaredy and uh, <laughs> like mad. Yeah. Yeah. With like fake cheeks wobbling around in front of his real cheeks. <laughs> I also, it, it, at first, I assumed that like, oh, as he loses weight, he'll get to have his own face. But like, of course, right. that's not true because he has to have the no. saggy flesh off yeah. the bone thing. So it was kind of. There must be one scene a third of the way through right, the movie no. where it's actually him, but I don't, I don't remember think seeing so. it. 
I don't think so. I think he's made he up even, the whole time. Yeah. When, even when he's skinny, it looks like he's kind of fat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're like still putting weird kind of baggy stuff, but they're trying to make it like the skin hang off him or whatever. Yeah. They're, they're they making him like, so gaunt that he still feels that something. Well, so, so <laughs> and his body still looks fat. So Robert John Burke yeah. is this fat lawyer who... Uh, who gets Joe Montana <laughs> off for some crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, he runs over a gypsy woman yeah. uh, with his car. Yep. Wait, it's important, Jason, that he Joe Montana <laughs> committed a crime and he gets him off. And he's so thankful uh, that Joe Montana is like, I'm going to give you everything forever. And then <laughs> and then he runs over a gypsy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, yeah. <laughs> details. The the base the baseline. He run he runs over a gypsy with his car and then another gypsy puts a curse on him to make him yeah, the grandfather of that gypsy. Thinner. <laughs> Thinner. Father. Um yeah. I, I also feel like I need to 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 posit right now um yeah. that we're saying gypsy because that's what they say in the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. they say And they say it a lot. A lot. Yeah. Oh boy they do. Oh yeah they do. Um, which it would have saved me a lot of time as a kid if I'd seen this movie because I grew up not realizing uh-huh. a not realizing that, that Jip was, Jip was gypsy and that yeah. just gypsy alone was already like a, a yeah yeah a problematic thing to call people yeah. Um, yeah it is the police chief in this movie is the same police chief from Super Troopers so for the first half an hour oh I was like oh is Super Troopers a sequel to this because he's up near Canada in that movie but then he gets all boily and shoots himself in the head. So, I mean, again, clearly not. for at least the first half an hour of this <laughs> movie, it is played as a comedy. Yeah, I would say for yes. the whole movie, on and off. I, it's a horror comedy for the rest of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, Jim, you are correct that the... But this is what this stretches. Well, the, the proper way to engage with them is as horror comedies. I I think they are being made as horror comedies. You don't think so? Uh, the, these films are are certainly, at least in the cultural uh, marketplace, posited as here's the new horrifying thing, not here's the mm. new romp in a horrifying world. Hmm. Right. And this movie I think was the, a uh, romp. Stuff, yeah, absolutely. The, the the stuff with the third party guys that were cursed as well was like kind of too serious that for them to be like perceived as funny seems like too fine a point that people making this movie would be able to make and that the stuff that's funny is like kind of more subtly funny i i think that him in the fat suit is just so hilarious yeah um but it does they don't seem to like poke too much fun at it and uh, actually never mind when he's eating dinner with his yeah. daughter and yeah. on that yacht and she's eating so dinner. disgusted with him <laughs> so funny yeah there's a lot of jokes stephen king's dinner <laughs> More terror, less filling. There's also the the dude that Joe Montana is being uh, p- prosecuted on behalf of is like a thin, wet dog. Mm. Um, Max <laughs> Birkenfeld. I don't remember. I don't know the actor's name, but he's just like the skinniest, like guy with like long, weird, wet hair. There's. I, I feel like there's a lot of funny. I feel like it's pretty consistently yeah. funny. I don't know. Uh, I think everything's funny and Jason hates me because of it. So. No. Uh-huh. I feel that. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. That I hate him? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, Shane also is hating said, me yeah. is what he's agreeing with. I think. Right. That's it. Well, yeah, I was going to get to that, but not. I just, I, I think that we, I just want to guard against us overestimating how much people know they're making jokes. I refuse to underestimate anyone's complicity in the film that they're making. 
which, which is a noble, a noble way to be. But I don't uh-huh. think it's the way I, I know, wish I Jason, could be. It's I the have, ideal to reach we, for, but I don't think it is always the truth. I think that the guy who did the uh, the whoever put that dang big picture of an eclair behind his oh. uh, dinner table. Yes, I think Genius. he he had his tongue planted firmly <laughs> in his cheek, and I'm going to tip my hat right there. Oh, literally! Uh, I think in the the people who did the costumes and whoever did the explosions yeah. and whoever did the set design seem like people that were all, all had a sort of different idea about how this should go. <laughs> and, uh, I think it came together wonderfully, especially the guy, the, I think all the, uh, all the shit of his house being this like whitewashed ass. Oh man, I'm looking at a picture of that dang Eclair painting right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, se- it seemed like uh, like they got like the uh, the scary makeup guys on, and they went really gung ho. Then they got the explosion people on. They went pretty gung ho, and uh, I don't know. It seems like a, a pretty strong effort from all parties, specifically uh, our lead, Mister um, Three Name. Yeah, replacement Robocop. Burke. <laughs> Burke. Burke. I they so a bunch of stuff happens in this movie and then he goes to confront the gypsies at a fair a carnival and they're doing carnival stuff and he yells at them and then they yell at him and then the uh Carrie Warrer the main lady gypsy uh reaches over to a wall of prizes that he could win and it's just oh, yeah. a thousand dolls of him and oh. his two friends that got cursed and mm-hmm. I sort of get what that's doing in the movie but I also think those are terrible prizes for a booth at the fair to have because they're disgusting. Uh, uh-huh. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. When I was watching it, I was like, wouldn't it be freakier if there were more than just the three of them? Well, and that, that's the whole part where I got disappointed that that was all a dream. Because, oh, was that also the yeah, dream? Yeah, that's all part oh, of the dream. That's why that. I got mad. I didn't he never confronts way. them in real life at the carnival. Are you sure? Yes. Because he runs away from that carnival into the car with the lizard man, and then... Right, but how do you know that that's where the dream starts? What? I In my brain, the dream starts when he gets in the car with the lizard man. How would it start there? What do you mean? How does a dream start anyway? He's literally running away from her, chasing him. She's still there as he gets in the car. It's all part of the same scene. That's how I read it. I don't know, man. That's insane. (laughs) I I thought it was weird. He he wakes up, and he still hasn't found them. So he's never I talked to them he yet. He was in his house? I thought he had confronted them and then he had to find them again because they move on. No, it was all one scene and it was all a dream. And he woke up and hadn't yet found them. Well, that's even more disappointing. I agree. That's why I was disappointed. <laughs> so I thought I was making a really strong choice for how he was confronting them at the carnival. And then yeah. as he ran out and got in the car with the lizard <laughs> man, I was like, wait, the lizard man's here? This has got to be a fucking dream sequence. And then when yeah, the maybe. guy was in a car that he couldn't be in, I was like, all right, what, just waiting for this to end so that we can get back maybe to the Maybe I movie. only let the end of it be a dream in my own head because I liked it. I, I wasn't willing to lose that carnival confrontation. Yeah. He, so the, the gypsies have cursed these three men who, who legitimately they, they murdered this guy's granddaughter, right? Daughter. Um, yeah. That's what... Granddaughter. No, the granddaughter's the hot one. It was his daughter. Oh. Because she says, you murdered my mother, and that was, yeah. Oh, okay, whatever. I don't care. Um, (laughs) That is an insignificant detail. Uh, He's chasing them, and... And they're, they're like, fundamentally on the side of correctness, right? Which is which tracks with Stephen King. Stephen King is very uh, into cosmic justice. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he finds a guy at a bar who is drunk... 
and he says that he has seen them and that the gypsies walked up to him and and they were like oh how's your how's your dead wife oh you'll see her soon um which is such a dick move and that guy didn't do anything wrong (laughs) which is sort of the beginning of the gypsies just not being on the side of good and then later after while they're still trying to find them and haven't totally found them yet they Joe Montaigne pays a guy to just look out for them, and they murder him and rip his eyeballs yeah. out. And then you're like, "Oh, I don't know what's supposed to be happening. I don't know who's good mm-hmm. anymore." There's it loses all track of of black and white, which is how he works. You know, there isn't usually a lot of gray yeah. in these. Well, one thing, Jim, that might clear mm. this up for you is that mm. Stephen King didn't write this. The story Richard Bachman did. Oh. Oh, and Richard Bachman is a nihilist. Yeah, Richard Bachman is a goddamn <laughs> lunatic. Right. So this is a I mean, Bachman book, I've, and it I've seen feels the Dark Cap, like Jason. It. I know all about Bachman. Yeah. That makes Did, uh, so much more sense. So he, it was, it was Stephen King's dark twin. It was that his dark wrote. half. Yeah, quite he literally. Wrote, if you've seen the movie, okay. the dark half. Yeah. He wrote this and the <laughs> Running Man. I think are the only ones we've come across so far. I think it's the only ones we've. Uh, done. And he was like. A fat guy getting roadhead, and he kills a gypsy's yeah. daughter. Oh. I'm so sleazy. I'm Richard Bachman. In the book, it's only a hand job, so it's even it's like it's even that's lower. Just, oh. Yeah, that's that's cheap, lame. But it was very disgusting. I was picturing him just like being really gassy off that rich dinner, oh, yeah. where it's everybody so was disgusting. like mocking him for I've, being like a fat pig. It's it's kind of astonishing that he gets to be that fat before he's trying to change his ways because everyone is so abusive to him about oh my how god they're like here piggy 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 yeah you would think <laughs> that a year ago when he started getting chubby they would have been like what's up you fatty fatty fat fat you gonna eat three more ribs i bet you are because your teeth are so round uh and he would have been like oh i'm gonna stop <laughs> they are literally rubbing his tummy yeah. in many parts of this movie yes this movie um, I mean, I, I I don't I know that that at least uh, a few other movies in our month uh, are in the running, but this feels mm-hmm. like the horniest movie that we've watched. That might be yeah. true. That might be true. Like in terms the, of characters, um, and just in terms of the film itself. Like yeah. it just, mm-hmm. I was watching. I was like, what the f-? like? It starts out with the wife just talking about her and her husband having sex in the backseat of his car in front of their teenage mm-hmm. daughter. Yes. And then... Oh, yeah. And <laughs> and then there's all of the way the ways that the camera and the people in the movie uh, leer at the gypsy woman. Yes. And mm-hmm. there's, as you said, the roadhead scene and then all mm-hmm. of this other stuff. Like, it just felt it's like, well, god damn, this, mo- this movie is being written with one hand. Can I tell you, I believe Lucinda Jenny, the wife, I believe her being horny for him in a fat suit more than I believe her being horny for that horrible sleazy doctor. Oh, the doctor's terrible. Yeah. She is feeding him meringue pies and, like, coconut cream pies and then scolding him for eating it. Honestly, I think she's a feeder. I think she's, like, into getting him chubby and and doing it. Oh, yeah, no, they... And then being like, no, no, you're disgusting. They obviously, yeah, yeah, they have some kind of dynamic going on at the beginning there where she, like, tries to... She feeds him and then she tries to dominate him and control his weight and then he pushes back against it and that sparks whatever they've got and then, you know, they, they do their business. Yeah. Agreed. 
Um, although, although by the end of oh no no no, it's not because of that. I was like by the end of the movie, he's furious with her, but it's because he finds out she's cheating on him. Um, it does seem well, like they get, have an interesting power dynamic in her, in their relationship that the movie doesn't want to really go into. Did you see her groceries haul? She had like four bags of family size of the same chips yeah, and a yeah. fucking fridge full of Diet yeah. Coke. Yeah, she just buys trash. Um, <laughs> just enormous amounts of garbage there, to feed it. There's also a way to squint at this movie and see, because they, they don't give you uh, absolute certainty that she's sleeping with the doctor. Sure. So yeah, you oh, can yeah. kind of squint at it and see it just as an extension of this dude's... Uh, like, Oh, for sure. Uh, Just him psychosis. guiltily yeah. seeing the... Yeah, because he... This movie, this man... I So again, I went into this thinking this was Stephen King, not Richard Bachman, which threw me. Because I <laughs> in a Stephen King movie, he would go up against evil and then fight and win and everyone would be happy. And in this movie, mm. he, at the end, is a legitimate horrible monster. Yeah, at um, the beginning right. and at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has no redemption. He And it gives him the chance, right? It's like he he at the end gets a curse pie uh that that removes his curse but also it's full of curse um mm-hmm. and he he's just remorseless and has learned no lesson and feeds it to his wife and accidentally his daughter and it gives him a half a beat to be like oh no i accidentally Shit. killed my daughter and then he sees the doctor and immediately it's back to like boo 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 and he's snarling at the cat well, he's, he's like i'm gonna go murder that though. doctor Sure, but he just has complete. It just completely steamrolls over his moment of sadness. Yeah, um, you're like, right. oh no, but like, nope, doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> he's it gonna was, go kill it more was a people, and everything will be fine. Dark note to be treated yeah. so lightly. Yeah, he didn't have like a transformation too. It was just no. like he was he was beaten up by like everybody and everything. Joe Montana yeah. took his life over for him, and then yeah. he was like, oh, I'm evil. I'm yeah. gonna kill my own family. He has zero arc the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> The Montaigne, the most interesting character in this film, is, as I said, he's, like, so thankful about this court case at the beginning that they're basically Uh strangers, and then this guy calls him up later and is like, look, these gypsies have done terrible things to me, and Montaigne's like, don't worry, I got you, boy, and just shows up wherever he is (laughs) and camps with him for, what, like a week? At least. And helps him hunt down these people and has guns shipped to where they are, and then Mm -hmm. shows up and, like, rains a hail of gunfire down on this town Uh and makes them shoot one of their own people, and then shows up dressed (laughs) as a cop the next day. He goes (laughs) and then throws acid on people. He goes so hard for for this man he barely knows for no good reason because he's a maniac. Listen, you fat rat gypsy. My client here is make me gonna put put a bullet in your head. I like when uh, Joe Montana is like, I don't hate this. I fucking love it. Yeah. Joe Montana like, loves just is doing gangster pure, shit. Chaos. Pure joy in this movie. And what what I loved about that especially <laughs> yeah. is it, it seems from my tiny tiny minimal research that this is a pretty faithful adaptation to the book. And it, okay. I don't know how many trashy uh, like crime or horror paperbacks either of you have read in your life. Um, Not many. But this is this is a film that's gotten the closest to what those books actually usually feel like. Um, like often when the kind of stuff like I don't know Dennis Lehane or I don't know pick pick your pick your poison gets adapted into a film. It gets condensed, but it also gets classed up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But this is what those movies often really feel like, which is like you're going along 
a whole lot of plot that diverts yeah. this way and it diverts that way. And then there's some kind of really sleazy character that comes back in at the end who gets to do all of this weird fun stuff. And there's just the way that everything uh, kind of fell one thing after another in this movie. Yeah. I was really excited. I was like, oh yeah, this is what it feels like to read like a really trashy men's novel. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and that's is, what Richard Bachman is. It's supernatural pulp. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With like earthly mafia style and like yeah. earthly power dynamics and and like the I thought it was strange all the uh all the I didn't expect all the dynamics of like power structures of like the white men in the town and how they all kind of pat each other on the back and there's like these weird court yeah. proceeding scenes where they're all like I didn't see nothing and yeah. the other guy's like well nothing must have happened it, which brings the, back to the mangler yeah sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> No, I mean it, it's there. There's a strong, there's a strong uh, social conscience, even yeah. in a Bachman book. Yeah, it's like taking a, a quick swing at the patriarchy. Yeah, right at the beginning. Um, I think. After although Joe then Mon- going back to the, these like these gypsies who are also in at least in this a patriarchal society, which I mm-hmm. believe is not true, um, and it, it would have been nice if they weren't. Yeah. So you're I gonna liked say, uh, right? my favorite character after joe montaigne was the fat tailor who wants to know the dieting secrets <laughs> oh yes yes uh, it's like a all. meeting of the minds one. <laughs> and especially the Come way on, he like jumps down to measure him it was so yes. weirdly oh shocked. yeah it's because the movie's like, so horny the movie's so horny up. yeah yeah that was the that was the wax seal for me of the horniness yeah, yeah. exactly he had some funny line right before he did that too, but I can't remember what it is. I'm sure. I'm going to kiss your pecker now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what, what he said. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was really I... torn about not getting to see the lizard man. Um, at first, I mean, we do see him in the dream, right? right. So eventually, yeah. you see, it, but at first, you're just getting mm. it described, and I was really yeah. torn because it's like on the one hand, it keeps that sort of element of the fantastic yeah. going, where it's like, of well, course. maybe he isn't actually turning into a lizard, and maybe mm. these people are just talking crazy, and oh. you know, and and also you just like you kind of imagine it in your head, probably better than they can make it. But at the same That's time, how I was feeling it, yeah. When it, but at the same time, I was like, oh, but it would have been so good if they had just been like. He said lizard, and then they open the door, and he's just like, blah, 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 lizard. <laughs> but they would have had to go like Komodo dragon, really go for it, like go for making yeah. him a lizard. And when we finally see him, I was like, oh, I'm glad they didn't show him before. I wish they weren't showing oh, really? him now. He doesn't look good I, at all. I spent the whole movie being like, oh, I bet they're not going to show us. The, I bet they're not showing us the lizard man because they can't mm. do it justice. Because even the other guy, what he's like a bumpier, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they show him just a little bit in lamplight, which is smart, you know. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah. But then when when lizard guy showed up, I was like, oh, this is rad. I was super into it. I like he looked like a like a forty year old paper mache guy. Uh, I was just grumpy for that whole scene. <laughs> I was so into it. I, I liked that too. I liked yeah. that he was basically crisping apart. Yeah. And it was like, uh, buddy, I'm going to hell too. Get the fuck out, fuck in my rod. Yeah. 
I yeah, he was, also, he was just was real, so maybe. loud and enthusiastic. Well, I also still believed it was real at that point, so that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was too like I, dozing off to like yeah. understand that it was like a divergent. I was like, this guy has showed up and he's completely switched personalities, and now he's rowdy and he's gonna be. I thought he was gonna basically be what Joe Montaigne is at the end. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be like this crispy, falling apart, screaming man who let us who let us on fire into the night. That would have been amazing. Yeah, mm. that's what I thought. Was I like that uh, Joe Montana is such a true gangster that anything that happens, even if it's the most bizarre supernatural occurrence, <laughs> he's got a set of solutions yes. for. Based, he's got acid based in mafia stuff. Yeah. Well, we're skipping over <laughs> yeah, the, the like, most amazing thing about when he first calls him. When he first calls him, he's like, hey, do you believe in gypsy curses? And Joe Montana is like, yeah. no, but my mom but does. But my mother <laughs> does. And then yeah. he leans over and he's like, so beautiful. she says that X, Y, Z. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. He's like, I don't believe yeah. in it, but she says this. So if you believe in it here, I'm just going to, I'm going to transfer that information to you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do what you so want. So strong. Yeah. Uh, uh, all the cool. um, rich people end up like, blaming each other when shit hits yeah. the fan they just have no affinity to like each other yeah. they don't have like they just have power but they don't have any uh social structure to support like them in times when they get tough which i guess is why they're all cheating on each other yeah they've never dealt kind of... with anything before so they all freak <laughs> out yeah because they live in maine yeah it's like a gypsy caravan i ought to kill all those people yeah, yeah. i'm a rich white maine guy well, it's a, it's a great contrast. <laughs> Why don't right? we just like, sweep them into the ocean? You have this caravan of people coming in who are a tight knit community and take care of one another yeah. and are really like supportive, uh-huh. and then you just have the the perfect contrast of shitty white American society. That yeah. you know, and I I did kind of like that he was like, "Oh, I'll bring the curse of the white man on you." Yeah. And then the curse of the white man is like, I'm going to call a guy who I know. It's, yeah. I'm like, who I'm going to use my, uh-huh. my cultural, you know, my, uh, my social connections, my, my yeah, financial exactly. connections to just bring a sociopath uh-huh. in. <laughs> <He> also, <laughs> Which is like that's the solution, is so, I think. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's what white guys have. That was yeah. it's such a beautiful moment where the, the gypsy guy is like, ah, oh, no, I double curse you, and then squeezes his fist and blood comes out. Yeah. And then he's trying he's trying to do the curse of the white man from town, and it's just everyone's laughing at him. <laughs> and then she shoots him in the hand with a rock. Yeah. So his hand starts bleeding, and then they're all like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, I thought all of that was really strong. <laughs> oh, that's real now. Yeah. Also, later, when the, when the older gypsy man wakes him up and says, your dreams smell bad to me. <laughs> Such a strong <laughs> line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And he hands them the pie. The pie scene. Yeah. And I've seen this movie when I was really young and I don't remember a single thing besides the fat suit and uh. the hand combination with the pie scene oh, yeah. is like very sealed in for me. That it's was like very visually iconic. I, yeah, I didn't I didn't realize how closely uh pies were tied with bloody hands until I feel like I remember this the scene. pie actually is the only strong argument whoever wrote that Wikipedia article has for this being body horror, because that pie is like a fucking pie baked by David Cronenberg. It like, it like Mm -hmm. opens up a little slit and gobbles up the Mm -hmm. blood. And then when he puts it down on the table, it's bubbling. And like that pie is the new flesh. Like everything else is just cartoons. Yeah. Sorry. Someone's shooting guns in my neighborhood. Cool. Great. (laughs) My dad loved this movie. He was always, um, quoting it and talking to me about it wait what were the quotes that he quoted at you (laughs) he would say thinner Uh, of course you do no in my head so when when the gypsy finally said thinner 
mm-hmm. it was a bit of a letdown. Because in my head, from seeing mm. the commercials on TV over and over sure. again, he's yeah. in my head it had built up. He him says saying it for a full thirty for le- seconds yes, in the exactly. commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I have. You kill my daughter, and I curse I to my dog brain, I was very disturbed by having the hot girl dance pull a coin out of her bra, pull her skirt up, yeah. see her crotch, yeah. see her smile, and yeah. then flip me off. And then spit that, on the ground. That was so dark. Man. Again, it's a very horny movie, and that all was yeah. something that it was, like, something about the movie was into it. Yeah. It's that same oh, yeah, kind of absolutely. push and pull that the that the husband and wife have. It's like this mm. this enticement and spurning. This movie is just, it's it's edging the whole time. Right, getting sucked off on the highway, then killing an old lady. Yeah, that's how it goes. I gotta go soon. Yeah, we gotta go too. <laughs> um, yeah, we should go about fifteen minutes I, ago. Probably. I, I think this episode's over. Um, okay. Thank. I don't know that we ever started it. Did we not? I don't know. Um, I think we have to start it now. Can we do another thirty minutes? Yeah, Shane, are you good to go? That was all like practice run. Yeah, preamble. Um. No, I will absolutely not do this if this is the type of bullshit you guys are going to be pulling. I'm absolutely fucking fed up with this. Go back to your own podcast, you yeah, your own goddamn terrible. filthy animal. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid making jokes, talking about directors. Uh-huh. Wait, oh, is this where we start our feud? E- oh, um, yeah, I got, a, I got a kitten corral full of uh, mooks that'll take care of this podcast, so I, bet, I, I pray you watch your... Yeah. You call this pig corral uh, a podcast hey um uh we took us to a farm yesterday <laughs> to walk around and yeah. he he mm-hmm. liked seeing the pigs but he liked even more weighing himself on the pig scale <laughs> oh, sure. he just kept like standing on it and having it go and say what kind of pig he was wow. he was a piglet how uh how much would he be worth as pork <laughs> nothing yet because he's just a piglet he doesn't have enough meat uh, i however was a was was ready for market so. What does that mean? It how, means much, that, how many dollars? Uh, well, no, it just means that like you can be sold for meat. How much? You're a pig. If you're does over, you if you're over like, that, then you're probably you're you're probably pork, breeding pork stock. Pork belly bacon. So it's just whatever whatever money you get for for pigs. Because if you're heavier than ready for market, that's because you're old and you're breeding stock and you've just gotten really big. I know so. that. Shane, are you still here? Because I told you to get the fuck out. Get out. Oh here, yeah, man. I thought I heard you correctly. I just wanted to uh, show you my asshole real quick whoa, and then i uh, give you guys a send oh my god it's whoa. covered in nougat uh, uh you gentlemen have a great night uh good luck on this uh this little thing you guys got i'm really proud to uh see it get off the ground yeah we'll bury you and okay um, <laughs> slash your podcast tires <laughs> i'm being told i don't have to uh do this anymore so i'm gonna hang up okay bye love you uh um, Four fifty a pound is the what you pay for hanging weight for a pig. Hell to the King is a special presentation of the Synesthesia Podcast, produced by Iguana Donald Studios and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Music by Loyalty Freak and Grundley Jam. Hell to the King is recorded in front of a live sleeping audience, who are in a bed, in a bedroom, we're in the closet during the day, 
but at night we record. Please take a decongestant. Your snoring is ruining our audio. picture of that dang eclair painting right now <laughs> <laughs>